Welcome to the Augmentation of Man with Kent and Renee Miller, where we are bringing the future. We're going to talk about um, food in the times of stress. And Kent has um, learned in his latter years that he is able to, through meditation, hear spiritual communication. So what we're going to do is discuss um, a lot of the, the uh, recommendations by our spiritual guides and, and for some, nutrition. Yeah, and some, some herbals, but not all. We're just going to touch on it. in the food, yes. And then we're also going to add some of our own research more toward the end um, to to just supplement this edition or this video. So first thing we got to do, is, which I really hesitated on doing when we first did, is get rid of the snacks and fast food. There is absolutely no nutrition in those particular things. Yeah, and um, there we all know they're empty on nutrition. Um, we need to really, in these times, focus on what is going to provide us with the most nutrition because this current virus that we have been under um, watch with is not the first one, according to our guides, that there are going to be more viruses, more variants, another type of flu that is going to be very deadly and even possibly a pox. So we need to really start thinking about how to beef up our immune system through what we eat. Because stress causes inflammation. And stress causes many, many diseases, um, which we are familiar with. So how do we eat the right foods when we are stressed about everything? We've got to lower our stress level and try to eat the right foods. And think of the foods that we need are foods on, that have decent amount of vitamins and protein and micronutrients and other beneficial health items in that food. Chemicals. Yeah. Good chemicals, not bad chemicals. <laughs> so um, first of all, the guides have recommended increasing our consumption of foods that are high in vitamin A. Vitamin A helps to improve our immune system, and it also helps to ward off cancer. And cancer also can be caused from a deficiency in the immune system and um, stress. So we need to um, think of not just getting sick with colds and flus and things like that, but long-term, what is this doing to our um, risk of getting cancers? So foods in that are high in vitamin A are going to be your orange and your yellow fruits and vegetables. So that would include your orange uh, squashes, such as butternut squash, acorn squash, your carrots, sweet potatoes, cantaloupe, grapefruit, all of those are high in vitamin A, but also tuna, broccoli, green leafy vegetables, including uh, lettuce and spinach are also going to have some vitamin A in it. Vitamin A is activated, however, by cooking. Most of your fruits and vegetables, 
the water soluble vitamins like your, your B and your C are going to be destroyed by cooking it. However, vitamin A is only activated when it's cooked. Cook lightly. Don't, don't. No, that's other vegetables. Yeah. The vitamin A needs to be cooked okay. in order to um, be active. The fruits and vegetables that have vitamin A need to be activated by the cooking process you, or by heat. Yeah, you can tell I'm not a chef. So <laughs> he's not a nutritionist. Try to use either. olive oil instead of butter. Right. Um, butter does have some nutritive value, but it may um, be better to add virgin olive oil because it helps to reduce the inflammation that arises out of stress and leads to disease. Yeah. So the guides at one point uh, recommended actually 10 ancient um, grains. Mm -hmm. And so Which I'm not familiar with, but they, they recommended it. And we began to uh, start a diet with these, with, these, with these particular grains. Historically, here in the United States, I think it was around the 1950s or 60s, they began to hybridize wheat so that they could increase the amount of gluten that wheat had because it gave breads this nice texture. Well, what we've noticed since then is that we have all these people today that have gluten intolerances. And is it a result of the higher amounts of gluten that are, now exist in the United States bread wheat program, which is six times more than it was before this program started. So, yeah. so when we return to the ancient wheats, we go back to the smaller amounts of gluten, which people, most people should be able to tolerate much better. And that would include spelt, kamut, einkorn, emmer, and farrow. Yeah, which you can make your own flour out of these mm -hmm. instead of using the white flour that you buy, but you can make your own flour and put it on your breakfast, um, whenever you're having for breakfast or make your own bread or, or whatever. Yeah, so, um, so we're, we're being told to move away from American wheat, which is a more modern food, and we're gonna get into modern foods a little bit. Um, and go back to the well, ancient wheat varieties. Yeah, well, still has these particular special properties. Mm -hmm. And you want to go into what the properties of that spelt is? The, the um, ancient guides that, to, that speak to us have taught us that spelt helps to increase energy levels. And they did recommend to eat it once a week we have learned that some of these foods and herbs you don't want to go overboard with. So some of them are meant to be eaten in very small amounts and have a, a, um, a beneficial effect in small amounts over longer periods of time. Is it spelled put on your like your breakfast cereal or whatever you 
you cook in the morning, it's put on afterward. It's not cooked, right? You no, know, you're thinking of sorghum. Oh, sorghum, yeah, okay. And so sorghum is another grain that we were told by our guides that in our history, in human history, the ones, the people who knew the value of the sorghum had discouraged it, uh, the common people from eating it by teaching them that that grain is for animal fodder. And so you see today where sorghum is grown to give to livestock for food, mm -hmm. but that we are not necessarily eating very much sorghum. And so we're going to uh, discuss this a little bit further later where we discuss the sorghum's effect on both Kent and my um, heart health. So yeah. we're going to discuss so that in just a minute. Some of the ancient grains, now we're not talking wheat, we're talking grains, include uh, uh, canola? Quinoa. Quinoa? Oh, okay. It's called quinoa. <laughs> Amaranth, teff, chia seed, and sorghum, as well as there's some others. There, there are others. And yeah. what I like to do is about three times a week, because we were told to eat this three times a week, is I'll make a, um, a variety of these ancient grains where I cook them. I'll start with the one that takes the yeah. longest to cook, and then I'll cook it for 10, 15 minutes, and then I'll add the next one, and then I'll add the next ones. And I make up whatever you like. Um, instead of just one grain, I add them together because they all have different nutritive properties that can work together in combination. And once they're done cooking, then I will put this small amount of sorghum that has been ground up on top, um, which is only a half a teaspoon because sorghum, sorghum produces a toxic chemical when in the presence of heat. Mm -hmm. And this includes while it's being grown, it should not be grown in, in climates where there is heat you know, excessive heat, and it should not be cooked. So we will buy the sorghum, grind it up, and then add it to the ancient grains that I've already cooked, and the sorghum is not a how part much, of that. Do you add? Just a half a teaspoon, three times a week. Oh, okay. So the, uh, the um, quinoa? Quinoa. Quinoa. Quinoa makes you spell it differently than the quinoa, <laughs> the amaranth, the teff, Chia seeds, those are all um, can be found now. Most grocery stores like Kroger's and HEB. And There's others, some that and, aren't. Yeah, but you can, you can if you look, you can find all those. In, in, well, you can find them online. If you cannot yeah. find it in your grocery store, you will find it online. And the sorghum, what we have found is that um, there is a farm up in, uh, I believe it's Massachusetts, that grows the sorghum. And it's the red sorghum that you want because they said um, not to eat the modern sorghum. We want the ancient sorghum, which actually they said came from the stars. So evidently, it was a grain that was brought here from um, another planet. 
and so has some special properties for health. Also, taff and chia seed have benefits to the heart as well. And so what we were, would encourage you to do is do your own research, like we always <laughs> yeah, say. So. And there is some conceptual learning to be had when you do that. Yeah, so in meditation, I, we were led to find out what Mary's breath is. And I could not figure out what Mary's breath, so Renee did some research. And it turned out to be, to be Chia. Yeah. And so um, and that was um, not an easy track to follow to find that answer. Um, our guides don't make it easy on us, and they say... <laughs> They said that there is um, there is a wide variety of benefits that are to be had when we do our own research. Yeah. Well, something, and so, yeah. what we want to get into now is the sorghum and what happened yes. with our health, and that is Ken had an arrhythmia where he he was missing a heartbeat every three to four beats. It wouldn't be. And with mine, it was more of, um, I had an arrhythmia where I had this racing heartbeat. And when we started the sorghum and the chia seed with the grains, with the other ancient grains, what we noticed was both of our arrhythmias went away. And so we cannot say that that will happen for everyone but we can say we that we now have, both of us have regular heartbeats and we are not taking any medication to correct that. Yeah, so we've been told not to eat so-called modern foods. Uh, going back, go back to the old ways, the ancient ways of uh, the ancient foods that used to be eaten. Mm -hmm. And the um, ancient grains, we were actually told that it would help us live longer. Yeah. Um, the, some of the more modern foods, they said um, not to eat beef. They said red meat. Um, we have not yet clarified if that was any more than beef. Yeah. Um, like, you know, can we eat buffalo or can we eat lamb, things like that. But definitely beef, they said to stay away from. So, supposedly, micronutrients in uh, asparagus and spinach. We got this early on in our mm -hmm. meditation many mm -hmm. years ago. And um, we're supposed to eat it either raw or barely cooked, not, not, not cooked to death. So, because it destroys their property, the values of their properties. But what is it supposed to do? Well, it's, it's supposed to do a, a placement uh, or assist in a placement on the uh, protein markers within our, our DNA, our gene system. Mm -hmm. And so, for our DNA to be expressed, and we have all this DNA, and some of it's being expressed and turned on and working, and some of it is not. And what determines whether or not that DNA is it being expressed or not being expressed is these protein markers that are on the rungs of the DNA, okay? So what we were told was that 
it is not junk DNA that is not being expressed. That in ancient times, that DNA was turned off where those protein markers were intentionally removed as a part of an experiment with the human race. We were basically put in a position of a very primal genetic expression. And then over the years, those protein markers were inserted and placed back on um, the, um, the, the, the DNA rungs a little bit at a time to speed up the experiment to see how these civilizations evolved from their earliest, most primal state to more advanced states. So now we are at a period of time where all relevant DNA is going to be turned on in order to preserve the earth okay. and what we're doing to it. That means that we are going to have a genetic upgrade to enable us to think more conceptually and to understand higher concepts. Yeah. And so these micronutrients in spinach and asparagus are supposed to help to facilitate this process. Okay. If you start with certain foods early in life, it will help to correct any potential disease that is coming. Um, there are herbal medical herbs, which Renee can go into a little bit of, but we're just going to give you a small example of the medical herbs that can help um, direct you in, in the proper and In a basic yeah. way, um, because it is a big field, it's not anything that can be done in a 20-minute video. So not that medicinal herbs were very gentle, that it's something that you start at the first signs of disease and you could take a lot of and not have any adverse effects. I have since learned that some of these medicinal herbs can be very strong, very potent medicine and that they are effect effective. So uh, for example, when um, I had heart arrhythmias in the past, I would take hawthorn tincture and I wasn't particularly careful about the dosing and ended up taking too much. Well, what happened was initially it corrected the arrhythmia, but then in time caused the arrhythmia because I was taking too much. So be careful with these medicinal herbs. When you do your research, make sure that you're one, preparing it correctly, and two, that you're taking the recommended dose because it can be, depending on what you take, it can be very powerful and can have adverse effects if you take too much. Especially if you're trying to take it with modern medicines that you're on That's right, now. right. That can be very adverse. So effect. you don't want to be taking an or a medicinal herb that works on the heart while you're concurrently taking heart medication because mm. you're overdosing yourself. So be careful well, with it. Um, but that being said, most medicinal herbs do not have side effects 
And if taken correctly, you don't have interactions with other medicinal herbs. You can have interactions with, with pharmaceuticals though. Yeah, so you need to really do your research and find out what you were taking and what you, um, what medicinal herb does not blend well with what uh, pharmaceutical yeah, you may be taking. you're not gonna find all this in one book. No, you need to, to get uh, various books. I have found personally, you have to have one book uh, that teaches you how to prepare and how to uh, preserve medicinal herbs. And then you'll find other information as far as um, treating specific disease with specific herbs. They uh, generally, you won't find everything in one book. I have found um, medicinal herbal medicine books in secondhand bookstores. So um, you don't always have to spend premium dollar buying a new book, no. but there are some really good ones that you can find that are um, on the secondary book market. Yeah, she likes figs. I really don't care for figs all that much. But she likes figs that she planted a small, a big tree. Mm -hmm. But that was, that was spawned out of um, a period of time when I energetically was really low. And I had asked why or what I could do, why I was feeling so um, depleted energetically and what I could do to counter that. And I was um, told to eat figs. But not for long term. So um, I yeah. think that, that they have a lot of sugar in them and it's not something that you want to eat a lot of and long term, but can give you a temporary boost in the short term. Yeah, and these big farm co-ops that have increased their production of food at the expense of no nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so there's more food going around the world, but a whole lot less nutrition, maybe 30% or yeah. more less nutrition in the foods that we are now eating. And a lot of that is because they're not adequately um, re, uh, replenishing the nutrients, the natural nutrients in the soil. We have a lot of uh, chemical fertilizers that are being used. And let's face it, the plants don't readily take those up um, because they're not natural. So um, if you can, it would be best if you can grow your own food yeah. and be able to learn how to supplement your own soil, how to compost, those sort of things so that you are providing the right nutrient balance so that you can have the best nutrition coming out of your food. If you can't do that, we would recommend that you buy from a small farmer who incorporates natural or organic farming methods because they're going to be more concerned about the, the nutritive value of the food that they're producing. Yeah, and we learned when we lived in Colorado that everybody was using the word natural. We were looking for organic foods and they're saying, oh, this is natural. It's not, and we found out the word natural does not mean it is organic. Right. 
it, so it may not be careful. Yeah, you, you need to ask questions when you go to farmers markets because um, there are farmers markets where they're buying just from the regular food chain, big farm mm -hmm. type of producers um, and not necessarily where they are um, tr where they are trying to promote where they're getting their food from. So if you know these uh, farmers are local, that is the best to go through yeah. um, something local. And you have to consider too, through the transport of fresh fruits and vegetables, if you're transporting, if you live over in the middle of the US and you're transporting fresh fruits and vegetables on a rail car from California, you know, you may be seeing a depletion in the nutrient value during the time that it takes to get from point A to point B. Again, you just have to do your own homework. Yeah. And with meats, we recommend that you get uncured and natural meats so that um, they're not adding preservatives to your meat. There's really no need for it. They taste the same and you're not filling your body with all these preservatives. Um, one thing I do want to discuss is that the uh, guides have indicated to us that with the um, pat over the past year, the virus that we have been um, trying to avoid, um, that worst case scenarios are uh, primarily a result of lack of proper nutrition. That's why you were seeing that in certain groups of people, there is an un, unusually um, devastating effect within those groups of people as far as this virus is concerned. Yeah, the immune system is up to the peak where it should be. And, and it's because one, um, some groups of people are living in food deserts and what that means is that they may only have access to uh, mini marts for their groceries. So they're getting mostly canned foods and there's very, very little fresh fruits and vegetables and very little variety of fresh fruits and vegetables. So it's not by their choice, but it's only by what is available mm -hmm. to them. Otherwise, other groups of people is a part of their cultural eating habits. And so some groups of people will tend to eat a lot of fried foods, but not eat things like salad or vegetables. And um, other groups of people may be more prone to eating um, the beans and rice and things like that, but maybe not getting a whole lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. So you really need to think about um, what you're eating in that line because most of our, our vitamins are coming out of the fresh fruits and vegetables. Yeah, so with that, you, if you can afford it, try to buy organic milk um, because the haze that are fed to the cows are usually filled with pesticides or some kind of herbicides. Herbicides. Yeah. Um, try to buy eggs from a local um, rancher that has eggs because they they eat um, the bugs and things 
that create a, a more an egg that is a better in nutrition mm -hmm. rather than just chicken feed that these organic or non-organic um, co-op farms. Mm -hmm. So, or uh, mass mass these, production. Yeah, yeah mass so, production is probably the worst so, because it contains. Yeah. Actually, they've done studies on the nutritive value of eggs under mass production versus um, chickens that get out in the yard and eat bugs. And the ones that get out in the yard and eat bugs, the eggs are much higher in nutrition. So increase the amount of fruits and vegetables that you're eating, try to. Um, reduce packaged groups of materials, snacks, etc. Try to increase the foods that have higher in vitamin A to increase your immune system to help fight off anything that's coming down the pike. Including uh, cancer. Including, yeah, cancer. So in these times where severe, where severe polarity and great change right now, um, we will naturally be under lots of stress with all these changes. And we know stress will cause cancers and other diseases. So by help eating healthier foods, it'll calm down your this, the materials that's put out by the stress level in your body. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing is that our guides have addressed as far as um, health and healing is that disease oftentimes starts from within and the change has to take place first from within. So if we are facing certain diseases, including cancer, um, in order to have a more complete healing and to reset our path, we have to start by evaluating the duality that exists from within. And when I say duality, I'm talking about the inner conflict that um, that we all have, most of it is a derivative of events that have happened to us in our past, particularly in our childhood. And those are negative things that happen. Yeah, and that can include negative thought patterns, destructive thought patterns, um, destructive behaviors that, that include um, eating the wrong foods, overeating, um, eating lots of sugar, lots of lots sugar of um, yeah. going for drugs and also smoking. All of those things tend to be the result of this inner conflict that has not been resolved within us. So our guides have said that we need to look at why these behaviors developed in the first place where it goes back to how it originated, what happened to us at an earlier point in time, and try to come to some understanding and um, some sort of a, a growth in uh, learning, although some of it doesn't seem very logical when we are the victims, but to release what does not, um, help in our further growth and understanding to let it go basically and then 
Um, it's easier from, said than done. It, it is, uh, but it can be achieved when you really work on it and it takes years to conquer it. So once we come to that point, then we can reset those behaviors that cause the disease. So that um, once we understand where our inner conflict comes from, we come to an understanding, we let go of, of that that does not serve us, then we start to work on the behaviors that evolved out of the, that situation or situations that led to smoking, drinking, or poor uh, eating habits. Yeah, when we, when our, when we're suppressed, we feel suppressed, we tend to go towards the junk foods, mm -hmm. the sugar, high sugar foods, and the alcohol. Or overeating yeah, or drinking. Yeah. So, um, so for our first. final notes, um, our final notes based on our own research, uh, canned foods should be avoided unless the, it's something like pumpkin or carrots, which have the vitamin A because they're cooked. Um, fresh is always best. And if you can't get fresh, frozen would be like your next best. Um, growing your own would be better than buying it. Cruciferous vegetables are very good for preventing cancer, and that would include things like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage. Um, certain foods produce toxins when they are cooked at high temperatures. Like that barbecue. Barbecue or <laughs> frying. And so keep in mind that when, you know, barbecue meat tastes really good, but when it's cooked on high like that, it produces toxins that can um, that basically eventually, poison the body. Eventually develop and it can cause, over a period of time. Yeah, it can lead to cancer. So we want to yeah. limit the amount of barbecuing we're doing. Potatoes, a lot of people don't know this, but potatoes fit into that group as well. So when we fry potatoes on high temperatures, it creates a carcinogen. And we should be avoiding French fries, fried potatoes, and potato chips love, for that reason. Yeah, and I used to really like potato chips. <laughs> yeah. So, so we kind of squashed that one. <laughs> Um, certain spices and herbs have healthy benefits when used in the cooking. And so, for example, adding mustard seed tur and turmeric to foods while you're cooking them um, or pickled vegetables helps to prevent certain types of cancer. It may not be the only thing that you need to do to prevent cancer, but it certainly helps. Um, honey has also a beneficial effects. So honey is a good substitute when you're trying to wean off the sugar. Yeah. So when there's a virus in the air and it's going around, one thing that we learned is cutting half of an onion and putting it in the room. And just like in the refrigerator, if you put a half open onion in the refrigerator, it absorbs the smells or the foods. Or it, it creates a yeah, smell. Or it creates smell. <laughs> but it absorbs the virus that's in that room. It tends to, um, there's a whole story back when viruses running 
Wild. It was in the 1918 Spanish, flu, the Spanish flu, flu pandemic. And um, farmers out in the uh, outside of the city were having, some of them uh, were not getting the Spanish flu. And when they researched it, they found out they were putting half an onion in, uh, in rooms where people sat or visited or whatever. And they, they took the one of the half onions back to their lab. They found out it was full of virus. Mm -hmm. So the onion was actually absorbing the virus that was floating around in the air, which will help to reduce the viral load within families so that it can help prevent the spread of um, disease, particularly with these flus. Also, virgin olive oil and turmeric help to contain and contain inflammation within the body. So most, if we know that most disease starts with inflammation and inflammation can be caused from both emotional stress, physical stress, an unhealthy gut, poor diet, um, sugary foods, junk foods that add to that poor diet, um, high blood sugar levels, so an uncontrolled um, blood sugar, um, food allergies, and other chemicals can all add to that um, inflammation in the body. By using olive oil and turmeric regularly, that can help um, to control it, but also um, because stress is the major factor, redu reducing whatever stress you can in your life, and also it's all in the perception of how we're looking at the events in our life to be able to let go of some things. For example, Kent gets really stressed out when he's driving in traffic and, and all the crazy drivers out there. So um, instead of getting really angry just realize you can't control certain things. You cannot control the other drivers. So if they are not directly um, just, just affecting be more, be your more aware safety, of what they're going to do when they cut you off. Right. Like this, to, yeah. to be a defensive driver and to just realize that you can't control how they are driving and to just mm -hmm. let it go. So, um, and that applies to other things as well. So we, we look at how many things we pile on top of our our bodies, the soaps, the shampoos, the conditioners, the natural cleaners, supposedly. And supposedly, household cleaners. Household cleaners. Yeah. They're all chemistries in the home. They're all chemicals mm -hmm. that you expose yourself with on a daily basis. And your body absorbs many, many, many of these chemicals. Through, through our skin, yeah, through skin. our breathing it into our lungs. So take a look and what you're using and say, okay, if I do this every day and I do, I use three or four items every day and I absorb it through the skin or the, or the air, what's it going to do? It's going to add up. Mm -hmm. And especially when we um, start to look at all the various chemicals that are held within the body. Yeah. They did some study years back on um, women who had newborn babies and they tested the blood of these newborn babies and found them to have 
something like 120 chemicals in their little bodies at the time of birth. This means that it only came from the exposure of the mother. And so many things we look at as being commonplace, like our cleaning chemicals, like our makeup, like um, baby shampoo. If you look at the ingredients, you will find that it's all full of chemicals. So we really need to start getting back to natural things. When you go shopping, look for the natural cleaning the supplies. The, yeah, and um, things without fragrance because they found that um, the government does not require companies to disclose what chemicals they put into their formulas for fragrance. And it was discovered that many of these fragrances carry the worst types of chemicals that are the most damaging. <laughs> yeah, everybody likes to buy fragrance candles and they like to buy perfumes and they like to buy um, lotions with fragrance and soap with fragrance and cleaning supplies with fragrance. Just keep well, in mind- That builds up. That if it's not a natural fragrance like say lavender, um, that it's a good possibility that it's a, a toxic chemical um, composition of uh, things that are not going to be good for your body. Really? So um, we hope that we have um, helped you to um, see things in a new light. Or scared the heck out of you, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Maybe it'll set you on a path to more discovery and research. Research. That's the important thing. You've got to do your own research. And that you will find a healthier way of living that is going to be um, respectful of your life and your body and bring you to a place where you feel much better too. Yeah, I'm going to go eat something healthy now. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And as always, peace be with you on your journey to enlightenment.